What's up, what's up, everybody? We are back with another Smoking Word TV Blackout exclusive mashup. This week, we take you to Queens, New York, one of my favorite bands. Listen, go get that reissue. I'll burst. Mike DeJean, Joe, let's do this. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Smoking Word. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Smoking Word. Yeah. First of all, I want to welcome up Queens OGs. Some of Queen's finest. Queen's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is going to be like when you said that earlier, a very Queen's heavy episode. But the OG, the, uh, an OG skin, man, for one of um, not only I don't like just saying Queen's, but specifically I like saying a story of Queen's because to me, it, it, you know, the band we will get into it. The band was almost more like a neighborhood to me than, you know, even more than the whole thing. But um, listen, Joe Sanko. Your, that, did I say your last name right? You did. Thanks very much. <laughs> uh, all right, good. No, because I grew up, and I know you're Filipino. See, si, you're también. Oh, I was gonna say because I, you know, this is New York, and I grew up a mad. My brother too. Here, rest of people. I grew up a mad flips, flip power out there. Right. Shout out to all my Filipinos out there. Uh, we never, I never got to make it out there, but you know they got a huge scene out there, right? Dude, all you did you ever spend time on 69th and Roosevelt? Because they're you're, of course you're of right course. there, bro. Oh yeah, and then, you know I grew up with a lot of shout out to Drev, my brother Drev, and all the Filipino squad. Like I grew up, um, it was crazy. We would go to shows, and then I would go to the Filipino parties because my boy Drev and everybody, me, Ezek, I, I, I'd, I'd blend right in. Ezek, not so much. But we be at the, <laughs> at the we be at the Filipino parties, you know, all the time. Oh, the best time, best people. So I always yeah, we have a thing with that. But um, Astoria and um, so what's going on? How's everything going anyway? In general, Astoria because I'm man. in Florida yeah. now. Oh, you're in Florida? Where? Uh, what part of Florida? I'm in South Florida now. I'm near Miami, so I'm in. I'm doing the whole, you know, this thing now. So, so I like, uh, you know, touching base on what's going on in New York. You still in Astoria? At, hang out at the U, the U of uh, Miami. I know you're big with the, the 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 college with the the sports and all that. You always had some type of team on you. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. And um, you know, uh big admirer of your pod so oh, thank like, you, you know, man. Like thank it's, you um it's, a, and it's one of the bigger and better ones out there you you thank make you. the the guests feel real relaxed you know and, and now that we're from the neighborhood we're going to chop it up about yeah. everything anything you want yeah no definitely because that's my whole shit because <clears throat> that was the thing with me doing these these things in general it was like i didn't do them just to be like oh you know it's an avenue for what yeah it's also an avenue but I got. I like to say I have a black belt and shit talking, and I always love talking shit. And I, and you know, and I'm a fan of everything. You know, the music, the scene of a time, even if it's songs where you know a lot of all that. So I like you know staying sharp. So to me, I you know all this. Yeah. I love it. To me, you know, oh, and especially with you guys, <clears throat> I want to say this about you guys, which was pretty crazy. You, I have a, a more of a connection with Outburst in in a such a crazy way. That it's um my very early stages is there's a a, a real it's kind of left side connection and I'll and I'll and I'll bring it up real quick because to me um I actually never talked about it but um uh, so as a kid 
you know, my brother was in the military. He, rest in peace. He was the guy who got me into hardcore. So I used to tell him I was a B-boy into hip hop. I used to be yeah. like, take me to shows. And he'd be like, nah, you're too little. And then he went, you know, he went to the, the military. So I, I never got to go to shows, but I was already into the music. Right. Right. So I already kind of knew what's up. So around the block from me, there was an older cat named Carl. And he was an Argentinian kid, but he, you know, he looked like a white kid. He, he used to skateboard. Okay. Long story short, he was an older cat, and and I literally lived on my block around the block. Somehow we met skateboarding, and you know, he already liked the punk thing or whatever. And we were talking. He's like, oh, and I go, yeah, I know hardcore. Oh, what do you know about hardcore? And I and I threw like, oh, AF, blah blah blah. He he thought I didn't know. And then he goes, oh, that's crazy. Well, my homeboy plays in a band. He writes graffiti, and that was Jr. I knew when you said skateboarding, I knew it was going that way. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. he says, oh, yeah, he right. Yeah, he, he, and he plays in a band. And I was like, oh, shit. So was, and then one of my first shows was I don't remember it was my first second, but it was either rest in pieces or somebody. But you guys were on it. And we went because he was like, yo, let's go see my, my friend and blah, blah, blah. And that was uh-huh. what one of my that was literally one of my first two shows, three shows. And that was the dude. That your friend Carl was talking about was playing so, guitar. Yeah. Was Jay? He was Jay. So he That's it was awesome. Jr. So I never, but I also never met him like personally. You know, we already I knew those graffiti, and we knew same similar graffiti people yep. later on. And then after that, I think the band later on kind of disbanded. And then you know, some of you guys stuck around later, and I and then he kind of faded out. And I, I never found you know. As a matter of fact, I never really uh picked around to say hey, whatever happened to that guy so now's the bet the be- what better time than right now than to ask you we, we can get into that when um when our special guest jumps in on the 8 30 mark all right, got you. All right yeah. there's a little story behind there but um no because jay and i and everybody else started in, in the same high school now i know you talked about this with kaminali um and when you when you had him on the show but st john's prep that's where it all started for us man st john's prep has a lot man they you know they should be maybe a plaque i think they might they, they need so. a plaque <laughs> enough hardcore people came out of there i'm gonna tell you there was like the unofficial like there's so many um hardcore connections that came out of there but you know i know you're chopping up with 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 um with anthony and he was telling you like he went to school he was a little bit older than us yeah so he was um aj from leeway's year and then I think above them, one year older was Davey Gunner from Kraut, right? This is all a story, uh, Queens Crazy. and stuff. Yeah. And then I think we were freshmen when they were either juniors, uh, AJ and and Kaminali. But AJ lived on our block. We grew up, George and I grew up on the same street with him. Um, and mm. Dijon and Sasa from Leeway. Like, Damn, like that man. little block. Yeah, that if you want to talk about 14th Street, that whole whole area, I'm sure, I'm sure Dijon's giving you the rundown on like yeah. you know, the, the the neighbor that three little three block radius. But we all went to St. John's Prep for a couple of years together. And um, so, we, you know, funny pictures, you know, see each other in the hallway, then you see them on the block. And then the girls, the girls, like, you know, Eddie Leeway dated our friend Kim. Um, John Crackdown was my friend Christina's cousin. So- all These are all St. John's people. Like our friend Lisa um, went with Marcos from Bad Trip. Um, Shout out to Marcos out there. Yeah, Marcos, sure. I know you watch the show. I mean, you yeah. remember Lisa and, and St. John's Prep and everything. And yeah, it was, it was just a good time to be. Luckily, the same geography was on our side because we were all there. Yeah. Let me ask you, you this. Know? Did you know? Because that always kind of fascinated me. Like when I hear about a, my, my favorite hip hop era, like I hear about like, oh, yeah, you know, 
um, Big Daddy Kane was in high school with Bismarck, with uh, uh, this guy, that, you yeah. know, and I'm like, yo, they're everybody in one high school. When you, I mean, almost everybody was in school with you guys. Well, anybody that was kind of in my time era, in my time frame of this hardcore thing, nine out of ten of the bands you were going to school with. Yeah, and then and then even in school, like um, I think the runner-up would be McClancy, right? Yeah, yep, yep. That had Arthur from Gorilla Biscuits, you know, Gibbons from Leeway, Siv was there. How crazy! But they all converged, right? You're from Queens, you know where Pizza Palace used to be. Well, yep. it's still kind of is there, but it's rest in peace, Pizza Palace. Yeah. But that was like the perfect Dittmar's Boulevard was like the perfect spot between like Jackson Heights to the to the east. Yeah. Astoria Park to the west. Um, and they would all just you know converge there or the pyramids right down the street. Yeah, you know, the pyramids just, for sure. I mean, you're from Queens, you know these things, but like your audience may not know. Yeah. How lucky we were to be in that region, man. All of us, yeah, you know. Yeah, everybody out there, you know, uh, you know, Astoria is big, but Astoria, if you see the you know Bronx Tale, that's kind of a basic Astoria neighborhood, and it was like that within a couple blocks of those neighborhoods were, you know, the guys that play in some of your favorite bands. You know that you know a lot of the music that just came out and influenced you know. The, the city yeah. and then you know a lot of the world that's for sure you know um especially astoria hey i gotta say we we might have to thank catholicism because <laughs> you just named two catholic schools so i mean for good or worse it has something to do with well, new york locker right i mean uh i mean eddie had that song catholic high school right so that makes sense about- yeah right you know all about catholic high school is that the place to be for me but his guitarist was there his yeah. you know his two guitars came from Catholic high schools, which is kind of wild, but um. amazing. Yeah, no, those, it's it, you know we know about that. I knew that in my school was I, you know, kind of the opposite. You know, my whole school was like, you know, um, it was all black and Spanish, and you know, the there was maybe two metalheads, and then me and my boys were the only hardcore dudes. You know, so 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 let me let me flip it on you. So where did you where where did you live? Because I know you see you're real close to Kaminali's house. Yeah, yeah. So he was more up. I was in Corona and the borderline of Corona and Elmer. So 44th and Junction. So I went to Newtown. Oh. And if I lived across the street, I, my brother recipe, he had gone to John Bound because we lived oh, there. Wow. So okay. Yeah. So and, and that I would always hear about like because Isaac had gone to Astoria and some other people. And I used to hear about like oh, more. You know, hardcore kids in schools together. To me, I was like, "Yo, that's like really? Does that really exist?" Because in my school, there was like yeah. like five of us, four of us, and it was like everything else was just straight. You know, they used to. I was a skin hardcore skin, and they used to be like, "How you could be with that white boy shit? That's some white power shit." You know the deal. And I'm yep. like, "You guys just don't know the deal." I used to be again. I wore it like a superpower. Like you just ain't up on it. Like you don't deserve yeah. it. You know, like yeah, you know, and, and like when you were um. You're talking about like what do you, your friends? What do you listen to? Like yeah, you were saying like, but you know back in our day, this sounds so old man, but you know back in our day there was the rap thing going on, then you had the metal thing, and then yeah. the hardcore thing was like the third leg. Yeah. Of if you were somehow like into all three of those, which a lot of us were. Yeah. That's a Queens like a that's a New York thing, but the yeah. Queens thing like you know like um, for sure, for sure. You know, but it's just uh, I think we're blessed to just be from this region. So yeah, no, talk no, about for- it, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. Let me ask you, because you came, obviously, you came up in a, basically, in a, you know, those couple of blocks. story was like one big music building. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, everybody, there's so many bands, you know, and from metal to the punk stuff to the, you know, the, the hardcore stuff later on, however you wanted to, 
uh, obviously, um, back in the day, guitars were always the, you know, that was the show off stuff. The, the, you know, what everybody wanted to be, you know, the guitar got all the 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 play, all the attention. Yeah. What made you choose drums? Because no matter what, drummers were always the hardest thing to find. Oh man, you you're not kidding. Uh, all right, so a little background is that um, so Filipinos, right? For all your Filipino uh, members of the audience out there, and then you you're so cool with like how they are culturally. They love music, yeah, cool. and they love to perform. Yeah. Um. So my mother was saying to me when I was at least a little, like maybe five or six, she would be like, "You have to, everybody in this family, all my all your aunts and uncles and cousins, they perform, they play musical instruments. You can't be the only one that <laughs> it it ends with you. You know, you got to play something. So of course I was a uh, taking piano lessons on Debellis music on Broadway by most precious blood. Yeah. You know, like seventh or eighth grade. And I wasn't bad actually. So so like I was, you know, I was going into competitions and playing these pieces, but I was, and I won like medals and things, you know, at these things, but, um, but I wasn't happy because I'm like everyone on the block. And when I tell you everybody on the block was listening to like priest and maiden, Accept Metallica, um, you know when when, when metal yeah. was in its full swing, and so AJ, had, yeah, that is totally AJ had his guitar. Nick Benedos, um had a guitar. AJ sold George DeRico, our guitarist, his guitar is Gibson SG, and everyone played guitar. It was just so easy to like, oh, did you hear this Metallica song? Let's figure it out. And what can I do? I'm I've got a keyboard at my house with a Casio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I couldn't really do anything like that, you know. So I actually, I, I fessed up to my parents that I wasn't having a good time with it. Like, you know, thanks. I appreciate this. And funny because today, this day, I could still figure out a, you know, a Van Halen song on the piano or two, but. Which is great. Now I bet you could appreciate it a little bit more now, right? Yeah. I mean, if you want, I'll show you the jump solo because I never forgot it. But <laughs> well, how far was I going to get on, on 1986 Astoria Park South? Yeah, I couldn't get anywhere with that, right? Yeah. So I kind of begged them to, like, I said, "I'll please, uh, I'll keep playing an instrument, but it's got to be something that I want to do." And so the choices were like, you know, guitar, obviously, but everyone was doing guitar. So on our yeah. on our block, there were two other drummers. So it was Fati, who was um, also went to St. John's Prep. He was a year older than us, and then Sasso, original leeway drummer, enforcer guy. Yeah. And then they would always have jams, and then you know they'd be say like. Listen to this record from Crowd. Johnny, he's from Astoria too. So I'm like, these guys are amazing. You know, like maybe I should ask for drums. So they gave me a little down payment and, um, you know, they got me the full set, Tama with pasty cymbals and everything. And and that's when I started jamming with um, with the guys from, from the band in high school. Like, so it was me and Jay uh-huh. originally just playing like Ludacris covers and like attitude adjustment covers. Nuclear now, assault that's what I was covers. Saying now, all right, now before that, Fell in your radar. Okay, you see, because for you guys, it's a little different. You guys are closer to the well. You guys were literally growing up when it, while it was, you know, these sounds were being, like, shaped yeah. by your neighbors. Like, like re- uh, in real time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, like, um, do you remember, like, seeing the difference between, okay, yeah, those are the Led Zeppelin guys <clears throat> that were the AJs and some, but then you saw when those guys turned. Now those guys were... From denim and leather, now it's no longer that. Now it's corrosion of conformity. Yeah, and you know what I mean. Do you remember that change, or you kind of caught it at that stage? Because you're—I know you're a little younger than them, and 
probably around my age a little probably right uh, i'm probably just under you guys yeah yeah same the same like um yeah five to seven year range but still we're all the same age growing up yeah the the turning point for your question was like um it starts with aj novello really because he was the guy that was um uh listening to like all the punk stuff that we didn't know about because Hey, you know, the radio, so okay, so I'll break it down for you. So George's brother, older brother Frank had the rate the big boombox. Um, there were a couple of the guys, like Nick, Nick from Cold Front had a boombox too. So wh- whoever was hanging out, you had a Nick's tape, you gotta put it in. And so it went from like Maiden and Priest and Ozzy and Van Halen, Scorpions, to AJ's like, hey, look at this cassette. Um, and he would have like it wasn't like Ramones or Clash or anything, he would bring like accept uh fast as a shark. A little bit more. I know it's already getting more double bass, quick, yeah. fast, right? And then, like around that time, Metallica came out with "Kill 'Em All." So already the flavor is changing. And then, like you know, Anthrax, Fistful of Metal. These are all the things that. And then, um, uh, what's the other one? Raven, right? From <laughs> all for uh, one, all, all these those. mega force bands, yeah. Well, they all play Lamore's East, all the Lamore's exactly. East bands. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Sure. And that those started making it into the tape deck. And so pretty soon it was like almost like, you know, like Van Halen and Ozzy were kind of like too soft to be, be yeah. playing in, in the boombox in the park, you know? Yeah. Um, And you got to credit AJ for that because he would also bring um like Circle Jerks and Dead, Dead Kennedys, um, Black Flag, you know, he because he was definitely a punk. Yeah. Before you know, he mixed it into the metal, but he was. Now, if you hear the first leeway demo, that's all metal, right? Like the, yeah. the music and stuff. But Eddie brought the punk sensibility, so we were kind of like these younger kids, like kind of like inhaling all of that, you know, by osmosis, and we're like it's okay to like this, and then also like that. So that's where I think it turned on our block, at least. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's okay. So you got some of the older guys around, because again, your situation is a little different. You're in the neighborhood; everybody's playing. So it's a little bit, you know, it's not even a matter of trying to find it. It's just, oh, you know, let's more like finding, do I belong in a band? What do I play? You know, (laughs) you didn't have to kind of find like-minded people as much because I knew about a story of people and I lived in Corona because you heard, oh, where are these people coming from? Where they, oh, they stare, oh, they skate, we skate, oh, oh, the OG spot, oh, where they have a story, oh, they damn, they got everything there. At the pyramids, yeah. Yeah, the pyramid. And then the Murphy's Law, when Jimmy's like uh, a story of Queen's rules, right? Oh, are you kidding me? I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's and so right. You're like, where? Oh, what the hell is so big about a story? A story of Queens, and you know, but if you're from there, right? Token yeah. entry, New York hoods, yeah. abomination. Yeah. And then I would hear there. the stories. You know, you know, I would eat when we were kids. Oh, yo, you know, I went to school with Jimmy's brother. Oh, I see Jimmy walking his dog. You know, I see J. You know, you know, you hear the stories about the guys in the neighborhood. You know, the older yeah, dudes, because yeah. I would go to all the shows. Now. When so who, it's you and Jay first, you said you guys were hanging out first, and you guys said, "Okay, now where I'm drums, your guitar." That was the like the, you think the key of of of. Yeah, it was like so. No, actually, it was me and George first. All right, because AJ sold George his guitar, his Gibson SG, and it actually gave him some lessons too. You know, like you know chords and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So when I put my drum set in the garage, we would just start jamming. So I'm going to name some songs that you wouldn't think of Outburst or any kind of New York hardcore band would, you know, confess that they 
started, but you got to start somewhere, right? So it was like Damage Incorporated from Metallica and that's not um, bad, dude. That's still not... Crumb Sucker songs. Yeah, Listen, no. I, are you kidding me? You say that's that's not even nothing to be like. Uh, believe me, there's a, there's people out there that were doing some <laughs> other, way other stuff that maybe they shouldn't <laughs> be talking about. That's Piranha, fair game. Yeah. Piranha from Exodus was another one because I think George liked the way the picking was, and you know, like so. Those are the things we started with, and then we moved to like that that summer when um, Age of Coral came out. And that was the same year I think Murphy's Law on Profile came out, Ludacris came out. Like, what a year, right? Like, they're all coming in. Like, you look back on it now, like, I can't you believe it was the time to be alive and buying all these records. How, how did I get money to buy those yeah. things? Man? Oh, I loved it. I loved yeah. It. it so we started jamming on those, right? So um, then it's time to write originals. But during the cover, cover songs that we were mentioning, like, Jay was like, yeah, I'll, I'll play. He was, you know, he I'll had jump he had in. Just, he just got a guitar, two guitars, right? So I don't know if you know these cats. I'm gonna mention them by name. Well, you you know uh uh Barbara Ann, right? Bubs of from course. Bubs, uh, shout Dash out to Knight. Bubs, of course. Of course. Everyone loves Bubs. Shout out, Bubs. Um, but she was a year younger than us, and she, so she was kind of in the crew at high school in St. John's where she was chilling with like Chris Bruno, that was uh our OG bass player. Yeah, but like I think I, like you know him. You know, I don't know personally, but I know of them because if it's one of the guys, I seen some of your early shows. All the yeah, guys, are, yeah, yeah, right. So, um, so the funny thing is, Bob's best girlfriend Claudia was going out with Chris. Chris was her boyfriend, and so they were saying like, "Oh, these there's another band starting at St. John's, St. John's Prep," and like that's how Chris was like, "Oh, you know, I know those guys. I see them in, in the hallway all the time." So we just started talking, and he was more like the he wore Creepers, and he had like the he listened to the Cure, and he was cool with Brian. Um, who was really punk, like Ramones, and, you know, um, he wasn't really, like, metal was, like, a foreign word to him. So we kind of all just started getting together at lunch hour and, like, just exchanging ideas. Like, what do you listen to? Oh, I just bought the Anthrax yeah. cassette. And Brian knew nothing about that. Chris knew nothing about that. But they would be like, oh, but, um, you know, I just got the Gorilla Biscuits demo, the one with Ernie on it, like, the very yeah. first one, but they didn't even have a cover. And we were like, wow, that's pretty cool. We didn't get our hands on that because we were sort of, like, leeway crowd. So we exchanged, it was like an interlibrary loan exchange, you know, of, of, of ideas and like, you know, material. And um, and so eventually we, we started getting originals. They, Brian agreed to sing or give it a try. Chris didn't even play the bass. He just bought a bass and said, let me learn as I go. That's um, basically how the best do it as myself. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, so yeah, self-taught, self-motivated, self-taught. He definitely had the drive to, to, to fill in the last piece, which was the bass. We didn't have a bassist. Um, and yeah, started writing originals. This is probably around summer of 87 when we all graduated. Mm. Um, and then it was time to get them down on paper and go to Don Fury. That's like now we're in like, you know, 87. So now, so now, all right. So like everybody, you know, everybody, I don't care who it is. You know, a lot of these other bands, you know, they get, you know, they, you know, once they, they do enough records or whatever, all of a sudden people, these musicians become so you know, mystical and start claiming, you know, vibes influenced them of their whole life and all this bullshit. When it's like, nah, I used to say, I want to write a song like Raw Deal. I want to write a, so, you know, obviously you ain't biting it, but you know, in the vein of, I, we got to write a Cro-Mag joint like that. Or yeah. It's got that Metallica part. Right, right. Now you guys get together, you're jamming on stuff. Obviously there's the leeways around you or whatever. Like what's kind of the early idea of of what's the mold gonna be for outbursts? Like like we want to be this type of band. Like, what were some of the 
that that you know was some of the ingredients you would you, you would pick you would name that entered that gumbo the outburst gumbo so you're gonna like this because i know you're talking to to anthony about like how killing time is like your thing it's like your everything mount everest right my but, everything my mount before, everything yeah but before killing time it was raw deal right but yes, then, raw deal raw before, deal. then it was was breakdown yep that was but that was like the carl drago rich breakdown then yes exactly you track know. demo yeah and and you know i think george because george is the primary screenwriter he will say like he really has big admiration for carl about like you know the way he wrote riffs and stuff and and like just breakdowns and drago drago's my boy he's awesome like best we Love wanted him. to we wanted to capture that kind of feel like the angry yeah you know you remember so if i say this you'll understand like totally like there was the in that time there was the straight edge guys the youth crew. And then there was like the, I don't even call them angry, but it was like rest in pieces, breakdown, sick of it all. It's like very, very different styles from each other, even though we all lived around the same neighborhood, hung out in the same places, mm-hmm. but there were two distinct styles. So we want to be more of like, not like a, they call it beatdown music, right? I mean, yeah. you being a mad ball, you remember all like the, yeah. the cliche names they give you because sure. it's hard and aggressive, but you know, we just wanted to be like something, the energy that like rest in pieces gave off with like, you know, um, you know, I'm trying to think of any song, but like for favorite. sure, like like I could tell because to me exactly, Alpers was there's no Alpers, you know, without a raw deal because the same thing. That's when that's what that was again. I didn't come up with the punk rock part of it. I know my I love GBH, I love Discharge, I yeah. love the Exploited, but I didn't come up with that. I came up with Raw Deal, Rest in Pieces, Chromags, <laughs> Agnostic Front, yep. everybody, Lee, everybody in, in your in your two block radius, right? But you know correct. what I mean. So yeah. like you know what I mean. So it's like you know we, you know and um and and it's it's just crazy how it how it falls. Now let me ask you. So hold on a second. So um, you uh you guys um, as you guys all right so. The breakdown, because to me, I, I was talking about it recently. Um, Sick People specifically, I think that song made what all our bands sound like, including you guys, us, that that's New York where it's swaggy. It's alter, it's not metal, but it has metal. It's not punk, but it got punk, but it got street, but it ain't trying to be um, uh, uh, um squatter. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, we we sounded like we had homes, but we were angry. You know what I mean? What were we so angry about, right? We were we we were all like growing up in middle class. At least, yeah. You know, we didn't have it that hard. Like we weren't squatting in tenements. Yeah. In, you know, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but you know what it is? But we still like anybody. You know, you know, broken homes. Some of us, some of us are lucky. Even some of us, you know, we're angry that some of our people um didn't have it as good as we did. Because I I was lucky, one of the few to have. Uh, uh, a mother and a father, my whole yeah. family. But you know, I used to see a lot of my friends. They didn't have that, and that was, you know, that 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 was that sucked. So, but, but I was glad that I had the supply. Yeah, that definitely comes into like your even if you're writing lyrics, especially it's like that's where it comes from the anger or the source of anger. Yeah, and the stuff that you kind of see. But I mean, to go back to the breakdown thing, that four track breakdown demo. Ridiculous. I mean, that's just a piece of art, man. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. it's yeah, it's just sure. like. Uh, so here's a funny story that like when we would be in Roxy studio, remember Roxy and LIC. Yeah. Uh, and we were just tired of working on our stuff and we just did a break to like, you know, get loose and everything. And, and so we would play breakdown covers Yeah. and, um, and you know, like Brian would go for a smoke. So I would get the mic and like turn it to, to my, on my kit and I would start singing like Jeff, 
which is, you know, that's pretty hard to do, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, but we would do like, um, uh, was that alone in the crowd? Is that the one? It's like, um, I mean, come on, man. And, and that's like our peers, right? That was yeah. another one. Yeah. Another cool story like that. And I wouldn't say un- underdog kind of str- straggled the middle because they were a youth crew, but they appealed to like the, yep. the other, the darker side. Yep. Um, I just, cause I brought up Roxy studio, but there was one day where Gorilla Biscuits was, was down the room, uh, down the hall in another room. And then like we were there and remember that area where the video games were yep. um, we were waiting for your room to open up. And so we were all done there. And then we were like, Oh, but, but they had like an extra hour. But I think some folks had to take off. And this is the time where Arthur was playing guitar and underdog. Um, crazy. crazy. So we, about that. yeah, it was a really short time. Yep. Um, he didn't do the record, but I think he did the, the yep. show, live shows after. And so it was like Walter, me, Walter and Arthur were hanging around. And then George, Jay, and myself hopped into their room because they had extra time. And we just did the whole underdog seven inch. <laughs> and but Arthur I'm didn't play. Arthur was, Arthur, was, Arthur was singing. I had that on tape, dude. I had it on my little shitty boom box. But, and I listened to that when I was driving to school back and forth to St. John's like so long. And it was an orange Sony tape, 90 minute. And it was at the end. And I remember when I moved from Astoria to like to Long Island back in 09, I'm like, this tape's got to be here somewhere. And I never was able to find it. That would be a big eBay. I um, do. <laughs> yeah. Right yeah, now, there's yeah, somebody right. in Japan going berserk right now. They're going to be emailing because, you. Say. Right. Because I spoke into it. it. It did happen, but I just don't have the documentation of it. You know? Yeah. And um, let me ask you this. This is what I always wondered. Who came up with the name? So, so it's, um, it's right around the time when the demo's finished. Oh, we had like, I don't know, songs for a demo, like five songs. But we didn't know what to call ourselves because, man, there were so many great names that were so much like they were taken already. Like, if you think about those names of that, like the demo era, you ever see like, uh, I think Freddie Alva did a, an exhibit like um, down on like uh, where the pyramids used to be, where of all the demos from that era. Yep. I mean, and yeah, even, it's hard to come up with a name, man. It's it hard. It is, yeah. So we are our first kind of serious candidate was um dead serious because it's like you know you have like two words <laughs> it was like killing time and yeah and, yeah yeah break down right yeah, Agnostic yeah. front and you know yeah. chromags it's like double you know double words right but um but dead serious found it too much like a i think there was like a drug commercial like you know <laughs> we're not candy remember that commercial with the pills yeah. and the yeah. singing i remember that and like we're we're serious about not using drugs. That was a big thing. And we're like, we don't want to be, that sounds preachy. Like if someone might take that the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. So, so we had some other candidates, but then George, I don't know if he was drunk or not, but we were hanging around in the park and he's like, well, hardcore is like this, like loud, aggressive music. Like it's like a, it's like a burst of noise. So what if we, what if we go like outburst? Like, and then he like, you yell like, like really like, Bah! And he scared us. Like, what the fuck? Holy shit! And we're like, that's not bad, actually. You know, like that's uh, it's an outburst of sound. Yeah. <clears throat> and so we just that was like a working title for a little while, and then we just went with it, like because everybody seemed to not hate it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so then, we're and, like, yeah, it does great. And and J the Jr. do the graffiti on it. Oh yeah. Well, the demo was just me with those funny letters, like doing stencils in it at my part-time job in the fall. So he came up with some sketches and brought it to you or did you, or, or he was the, 
the the what he designated graffiti guy. Well, that he was a designated graffiti guy because he was just so good at it. But um, we never everything he threw out there. We were like, that's awesome, dude. Like, who's gonna say no to that? Because none of us had any kind of graffiti, yeah, knowledge, or we weren't versed on the topic. But there was one early logo. I don't know if you've seen it. It's um for the demo at Some Records. Um, I had a part-time summer job with this kid named Paul, and it turns out his, his he was from the Bronx, and his name was uh, Paul Cavalieri, but his name was Cavster, and he got up with United Artists. Uh huh. And so he did the early like he did a mock-up, which Jay actually thought was legit. He's like, "Yo, that's that's cool. Like this kid's legit." So I met. They introduced I introduced it to, and they were talking graffiti, you know, in the yeah. early days. But he went on to like write books about you know subways and stuff. Like he he got up really well but he, he's the only one who didn't um that one logo was not jr but yeah. everything since then that was like an early draft but then yeah yeah the, the the one this is the one that we have here on the one on the on the on the seven inch on the ep that's the one you know uh how did that feel i seen a bunch of bands you know they redo it and you know it's cool when they re i like when they some people get bent out of shape out of that like some bands Kind of get insult, like you know, butt hurt. Yeah. I, me personally, I, 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 I kind of, I like it. To me, it's hey, you know, it's them showing, uh, you know, we're giving you a salute, you know, like an homage, right? Yeah, it's like a tribute. Well, you know, I don't really know how I felt about it because all that stuff with the homages from the younger bands came later. Um, so I don't really know, like his, you know, I'm sure he's flattered by it. I know yeah. we certainly are. Yeah, whoever the remaining guys. Yeah, you know exactly. That's what I said because I yeah. know. Later on, we'll talk about him. I know some people are, are not around or whatever, but I mean, it, it's it's it must feel good because um, not every older band gets shine from the younger bands. You know what? That's definitely true, and um, I, the internet has a lot to do with that. Um, yeah, you know, and then like message boards uh, keep stuff alive like that. Yeah. Um. So we're we're really fortunate to be to have to be one of those bands that that uh, kind of like have um. A second generation sort of into the the culture the style and then the, the music too you know yeah and, and i think what you guys did different than everybody that also saved you guys in a way is that uh you didn't milk the shit out of this like oh yeah we're doing some shit now you know trying to some of these guys come into it for the wrong reason you could tell they're not you know they they they, they excited because they see other people having success of course it's cool to see that but also you should want to do the thing that you're you know that you're presenting like hey yo yo i want to have you know have some fun doing it but if you're going to take it outside the room and say hey let's throw a show you know take it yeah. serious represent because you represent an era you know not that you also I, I me i'm like yo you got to represent for us too you know you got to let people know like they, they that they don't like us or the older bands just for the t-shirt or the old write-up they should like it because look at this is where it comes from this is how look at you could put on a show like this. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. And then another thing it, with all of that, and then plus like other younger bands kind of like did covers, like freaking Power Trip, dude. Or you know that's great. Yeah, shout out to Power amazing. Trip. Always. Yeah. yeah, rest in peace, rest in peace, Riley Gale. But you know, I mean, what kind of better word of mouth is that than to have an up and coming like thrash metal band? Absolutely, yeah. Go on TV, you know, and and drop your name and and drop your song, and then people get interested in that kind of thing, and um, that that that's you know part of the fortunate uh 
situation is that it's cool to have a second life, you know, like not everybody's that lucky. Yeah. You know? Let me tell you this band, as you know, you father, some classic bands that nowadays, you, you know, they, they can't get nobody because of whatever, whatever be, you know, so much, you know, tainted, tainted history. Unfortunately, like not saying that their history is tainted, but like um, things that happen later on in life, tainted shit that's before, yeah. which you shouldn't have nothing to do with it. But unfortunately, when you got to see people, you know, there's a lot. Of, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that um, are in were into it for the wrong reasons and representing the wrong way. And we come from such a small scene that you notice it. You know, we'll, we we could see. You know. Yeah, and also, like you know, to add to that, well, kind of what you said already is that you can't get the original members to just stop fighting for for a show and get together. And you know, like it used to be, because people want to see, if not the 100% original lineup, at least something resembling what the older folks remember or played on the record but there's a few bands out there that really should be out there that they just can't get it together and you know like you said would love to draw a big crowd and you know like i would i would kill for like a leeway show if eddie and aj could like work it out right listen of course names, you know? no i fuck that you could say that because i yeah. would love that shit too right. i listen i i was lucky to play um and I, we, we played a show with them in europe when they we did that last one of the last, um, 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 uh, you know, original lineups when they had Gibbons, everybody, and okay. they, yeah, they murked it, and they not only murked it, they sounded tone wise like the albums. I we happened, I caught one of their great, uh, just a great set. I remember being so happy, and I was like, not only that, I was glad that them, but that they, they were killing it. That I was like, yeah, that's how you do it, you know, man. And I remember specifically, and. I'll fucking say it because I don't care. I remember specifically, I go to AJ like, yo, you doing a new record? And then I was like, you gotta do that rise and fall shit. Like, <laughs> like I, I love the other records. But the other records are some other shit. You love it for, yeah. I love it for another vibe. I'll put on, you know, you know, even, um, uh, you know, what the, uh, you know, a bunch of those other records got very cool grooves. You put it on in the car, but I'm like, all right, you did those records. Isn't Rise and fall shit. You know, you got to give them some. If you gave them some of that, forget it. Now you can oh, drop yeah. that other shit on them. Now you could do, instead of waiting albums, now is the time when you could drop, all right, this is our kind of born expired joint. This is our freaking best wishes type. I mean, uh, what was the second record called? Um, Desperate Measures. Desperate Measures, you know, that style. Yeah. And then, you know, you could do that now. Now is the most versatile time ever in Agreed, our 100%. world, you know. Let, let me ask you. So this is often like a, a, a you know, a time honored tra tradition to debate, to debate this in certain circles. But like, what do you prefer? Born to expire or desperate measures? If you had to choose one. All right. I'll go b b born to expire. Now, I I'll say this because I have a lot. Not desperate measures is them knowing they you could tell like, no, this is them knowing their this is their sound. This yeah. is what they're going to be. This is where they're leaning. This is. But I think um, just w where um, uh, bo when when um, Born Expire, where it fell in the place of where hardcore was, it, there was nothing more needed ever than that. Yeah. Like without that, without the best wishes, we would not have, you know, um, 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 full stacks, you know, um, um, two guitars, you know, um, um, and not people talking shit on you like, oh, you're trying to do some metal shit, but sounding big. Look at that. People don't understand it sounds petty. I'm not saying for the aesthetics of looking, but 
that meant that the, sonically the sound was getting better. Now you could go on tour with a Metallica and kill him and yeah. go on tour with a Slayer and hang. You know, you could have a chance because that was the problem. A hardcore always had the right soul and drive and attitude, not always the best musicianship or equipment. Now you got better musicianships. They love the hardcore shit. Like you got the AJs that took the essence of that crazy punk, brought yep. in the metal and the skill, and you got that. And if it wasn't for him seeing the Chromex and Bad Brains come out with equipment, we they'd still be playing out a clock radio speaker sounding like shit. <laughs> like that Enforcer demo, right? It's like, yeah, know, yeah like, rough. Fury, right? Yeah, rough. rough. And, you know, yeah. rough, you know? And I get it raw. Everybody, the demos, I get that whole raw shit. But I was like, when... So I think it's more the... Where, like what it did, the ground, how groundbreaking it was, especially in my world, because I was like, yeah. yo, that, you know, that's the metal shit, and I was like, that's what was my shit. I was always like, man, we need, we could now we can slip in more double bass and more palm muting. Leeway doesn't, right. nobody, nobody gonna tell them shit. You know, <laughs> it gave me the excuse to fucking do my metal stuff. So yeah, just because it's on a story, uh, a story, a topic related, um, but this goes back to the block, 14th Street. So AJ. And George used to share the Laney half stack that he he first bought when they were playing shows, big shows. And um, so sometimes he would park it in in my garage. Um, after he would lend it to us if we did a show, and then we give it back to him for their big shows at Irving Plaza or Ritz or whatever. So when he was working on the infancy uh, riffs of of Desperate Measures, the Laney was in my house. Oh. So one day he calls me up. He's like, "Uh, you, you know, were you free like a?" Uh, this afternoon or this evening, I want to just work out some riffs. And so I'm like, sure, anytime, you know, because we used to play like the Age of Quarrel record front to back, just me and him um, in so my garage. Jam that shit. Everyone, I think it's a, I think it's like everyone should know, like requ- required knowing of the, of that from front to back, you know, yeah. whatever instrument you play. But um, he was working on these riffs and they turned out to be like, when they were finished, they were like all on desperate measures. And I'm like, I remember sitting there with Jay at the Urban Plaza, like, oh shit, that's the songs that we were working on in my house, bro. Great, like, um, Soft Way Out. Yeah, Soft Way Out, The Future. Oh, um, man, great. great. Uh, no Heroes, uh, the middle part of uh, All About Dope, you know, formed in my basement. I'm like, God damn, I'm kind of proud of, like, to have worked. That's one of my favorites right there, All About Dope. Man, what a great song. Yeah. Oh, man. But of course, you know, Pokey took them and, like, refined them to the freaking. But yeah, but you worked on the game. I know. I was like so like shocked. I'm like, oh man, they made it to this freaking awesome record. Anyway, that's that's just part of being the story, you know. Yeah, but and and again, and being around a story, which I think uh, another great part of being a story was, you know, before the whole punk thing in there, that was the home of the Led Zeppelins, the Black Sabbaths. So those guys were always guitar dudes. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) the guys that were into the classic rock. You know, now you give these guys that are you know just to learn basic classic rock you gotta be yeah. good now they're into punk where they could play they just gotta l- almost g- learn an attitude and then okay now they're playing it refined you know physically yep. but they they little by little they build the soul up by getting into it getting into the music being around it and it's funny you mentioned that zeppelin and sabbath because sabbath is george's favorite band like growing up, that was a big influence, and you know, Dijon's a Zeppelin head, like he's a Jimmy yeah, Page course. worshiper. So it's like 
you know, you never really forget those kind of things when you're when you're writing your own music, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For me, it's the three Bs. I say very simple. When they ask me for me, it's Black Sabbath, Bob Marley, Biggie Smalls. Kind of sums it up. You know what I mean? Perfect. Like everything Perfect. in between, we get it, you know. But I was like, that kind of covers everything, you know. And stuff. And then let me let me ask you this: You do you guys? Did you ever make it overseas back then, or in general? We had offers too, but you know, the, back then we were like when the record released, uh, when Miles to Go came out. Um, a couple of us were still kind of finishing undergrad college, and um, we had we didn't really have the first idea about like touring. We would just do one offs here and there, DC, you know, Anthrax, um, Virginia, but we never had a chance to hop in a van and you know, live yeah. a week or two on the road. That which would have been great. Yeah. But um, as far and the overseas thing, we did have some offers to come over there. This is like you know in the early '90s, so not then, but you know, the second incarnation or whatever the the the, the reboot with um with Dijon, um and all his like you know all his connections and everyone loves Dijon. So like we were able to hit the road and go to yeah. um to California, uh, with Terror. Shout out to Terror. Um, those guys are oh, awesome. Um, yeah, the and they took us Love to them. Europe. Yeah, Terror. Yo, so, so that's what I was gonna say. I remember yeah. that's what it was. The territory. You guys did that run. That's what it was. And you were talking earlier about sports and stuff, like Vogel and I on the tour bus. We're talking about like college so basketball. Cute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's from Buffalo. Buffalo, so he but he's a Georgetown fan. So that's how like a you know, you you're in hardcore, you know these people because of hardcore, but you, there's all kinds of sort of things that you know, I'm sure you and I could talk about stuff that has nothing to do with music. Oh, yeah, just from yeah. Where we grew sure. up, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, no, yeah, for no. sure. That's no, and they and Vogel loves Alpers. I know they all do. You know, everybody. Oh, they're great. Like the, yeah, all those guys are awesome. Yeah, that and and but let me ask. So before that, what was the longest run you guys did back then? You just did weekends, like at, at the at when the when you recorded that. At the most you did were like weekends and stuff. Yeah, for me it and, felt like like I felt like not that you guys were on the road all the time, but I felt like you guys in my head did more. There were there were some heavy shows uh, like with back the, then or. Back then, like with the, you oh, know, the, you then, know, oh, yeah. Like there was a like, again, a typical show, like a stack show would be like, you know, it'd be like, a, you know, a band with like you guys, you know, um, uh, a super touch, uh, raw deal. And then, you know, yeah. maximum penalty, you guys and fucking gorilla biscuits. You know, it was always biscuits, right now. You know, what you, we you have, guys were the. Per- you know, it's funny. Well, I'm going to say the, the band you just reeled off. We. The way we didn't fit any kind of mold, um, you know, we weren't straight edge. We weren't like, but we, but you know, we weren't like drug addicts or dark beat the shit out of here or skins. There was all yeah. kinds of like little clicks, remember? But yeah. we, we, we just consciously tried not to be in any kind of click. Um, just try to be friends with everybody. Um, it was it was exactly it was like a neutral. Like you guys were very neutral, but I I knew it leaned like again. If I was going to see Raw Deal or Sick of It All, I knew there was a good chance it was going to be Maximum Penalty or you guys. I, in my head, I was like, oh, I'm, it's going to be one of these combinations. Right. So that was a good, like a good little network to be in, being a band coming up because. What's up? Yeah. I think like Raw Deal was another episode. Raw Deal was another band who like they didn't like dress a certain way or sing about a certain thing. They were just like pissed off and angry. And everybody can relate to that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. That's what I know, loved about them was like, no, again, that they had a, uh, um, they didn't, um, they had a swag, but they weren't trying to be hip hop. 
um, um, they had a heaviness, but they didn't sound like like a metal band. You know, they had the yeah. punk elements, but they didn't sound like the, you needed a Mohawk to listen to them. You know what I mean? It was just to me, it was like, man, that's it. Whatever that is, I want in. <laughs> one of my you know? one of my favorite one of my favorite uh, riffs of all time is the the back the breakdown and backtrack. Yeah. Where everything just stops and Carl just does the like din and din and din and din and din it and then Drago's like like that's the kind of energy that we're trying to like like you know get with right and yeah and yeah just absolutely about regular life you know exactly yeah that that is specific exactly that's the stuff those guys could write you know what I mean like specifically them that's like the sick people track that that riff specifically were those. It's how they interpreted their metal riff, what they were trying to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. How yeah. they were hardcoreizing the metal riffs they were doing because we all grew up with those Metallicas and stuff that they were like, okay, how, you know, if you hear the best, look at Chromax could talk all the shit they want. I love them. But they, they cannot tell me they weren't listening to Metallica. I know Metallica was listening to them, but vice versa. You know, you can't tell me. You you know what I mean? They Nobody yeah, invented course. nothing. We all... Uh, 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 um, expanded and 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 you know maybe you know uh, regurgitated. Nobody invented nothing. You know. No, uh, there's nothing right. And there was what's funny is that you mentioned that because uh, there's a photo out there of like I guess Chrome Mags played a show at Rock Hotel show with like and Megadeth was on the the bill. So there's a photo of them all pounding around and you're like. If you didn't have any proof that metal and hardcore can't get along, I mean, look at this photo, dude, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, of course, that's true. And you were saying with Dijon um, early on, so you knew Dijon er from the block early. Were you, like, cool, cool, or, like, you just know him as, oh, you know, one of the guys on the block? He he um, he um lived on uh, 27th place, so it was, like, a block and a half or two um, away from like 14th Street, 14th Place, but it was all like you know we could meet at the corner store, and we knew him from playing football in the park, um, listening to music, not playing yeah. it yet, but just like listening to the radio. And you know when I was mentioning about those tapes and who made the best mixtapes, he would be around, um, him and his brothers. Um, but as far as like chilling, we, we didn't really get to do a lot of chilling with him until he kind of like uh, showed up at the hardcore shows too. And, you know, like the first Leeway show, not the first one, but the one they played with the COC at CBGB's. Wow. Um, we all remember being there, you know, like, like, can, this is great. Our friends from the block and here we are. And then you fast forward to, to now and like, we're in a band together. Yeah. <laughs> John's been in all these other bands, you know, and, you know, he's like such a well-respected figure in the, in the community. Musically. Yeah, and, oh, of course. He's the best or the best humans. We're going to get him up here in a minute. Let me, and and let me ask you this: Um, was there obviously so he so he had something to do with maybe rekindling that fire then, right? When like on the or were you guys already playing with the idea and he was the one that said, "Yo, let's," and he pulled the trigger on it. Well, so the thing is, uh, he was always around. Like even I think we played one show at CB's. You remember when they were closing it down in twenty oh six? And um, he he was roadieing like he he helped you know he a prince of a guy like he didn't have to do that, but he was with us and like you know as part of the crew, and that was that was our our last show with Jay was was twenty oh six, so then of course you know we know him from the block and we're st still friends we see each other I was still living in a story back then but then you fast forward to like two thousand twelve and I think um it was the black and blue bowl at Webster, 
with Rancid. And mm. they were looking to get, you know, that was, I think, they were trying to get like a tribute mm. to rabies and just some cool things to like pepper up the bill. And so I remember asking Dijon, like, hey, would you be cool, like, you know, filling in on guitar? Because I think Jay wasn't, I think the playing days were, were past him. You know, he wasn't, um, sometimes you just gotcha. not cool with it. You know, like, I don't want to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people fall out of it. Yep. Yeah. So Dijon was like, oh, hell yeah, sure. You know, and so we, we worked out a set. And um, that was 2012. And then we kind of like late, you know, thanked them for it, obviously. And um, had a great time with it. In 2015, um, Power Trip was going to play a show in Brooklyn. And they covered Jail of Depression by Breakdown. But this Dijon's Breakdown. And they also covered our intro. So I called them up. I'm like, yo, there's a band that's from Texas that's like going to, it's like covering hardcore songs, dude. You want to go go check them out? So he's like, yeah. So we hopped in my car, went down to um, this club in Brooklyn, and we we decided to introduce ourselves after the set. And and you know that was when Power Trip was just basically start not starting out, but they weren't really you know who they were, who they became to be. And they were just so happy to like meet the guys who wrote these songs. And we were like, dude, that's we're just as flattered that you're playing our songs from like you know, 10, 15 years ago. Mutual friendship, you know, instant friendship. And, uh, you know, that's 2015. So we started talking around the idea of just just to maybe doing shows again as with Dijon on guitar. Um, fast forward to 2017 when um, the Brooklyn Bazaar was still around. And, yep. uh, you know, the Killing Time asked us if we wanted to do a show. And so that was a great show. That was us, uh, King Nine. Um, Crime Watch, Ice Cold Killers, you know, supporting, supporting, um, I was going to say Rodeal, supporting Killing Time. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And so that was such a great show. Like Isaac came up and sang um, with Brian for the hard way. It was like, a, it was a great night. Frank Ocean was in the crowd, which is a trip, man. You know, like, yeah, it's um, crazy. We were like, hey, could we keep this up? And yeah, it's Frank Ocean, right? Um, and Dijon had a great time. And so we kind of just, no one ever said, like, you know, hey, you do you want to be in the band because he was in the band like you know he was you know we all know what a great guitar player he was and he was holding it down, listen so. exactly he comes with an energy and hold on before you start why you're saying that because the energy has just entered the building <laughs> so <laughs> speaking of the Maltese, one of my favorite Maltese human beings mike uh, Dijon, do you hear us do you hear us yeah i hear y'all uh, I'm getting all misty over here. Listen, everybody, we got Astoria, we got Malta, we got it's like a Benetton commercial. We got the Philippines, Malta, we got you know Antonio Banderas land over here. What's up? We were just talking about how you rekindled the energy in the outburst of um fire pit, Dijon. Right. Well, let, let me let me ask you this because I know this. I know you were always a fan of all of music, and I know obviously you were fans of all the bands because you were always, you know, neighborhood and just being around it and all that. When, when now, now the the name is coming up, and you're like, yeah, I know these dudes from the neighborhood. What what made you say, you know what, fuck you, yeah, like you want to be the guy to say, yeah, hey, fuck it, let let's do this, because they could also got somebody else. You know what I mean? They could have been. 
you know, they could have also asked around and somebody. Obviously, there's a connection there. But what made you to, what made you want to take it on? Because I know your friends, but also, I, I like he said, I know you were excited about it. Well, first and foremost, it's the songs. Yeah. The dope songs, meaning that, like, if that's the task in front of me and I got to play these songs to the best of my ability, what better songs to play? Yeah. I think that, you know, Miles to Go and all the stuff on the demo stands up to anything in, in that era. And uh, it, it went under the radar for a long time. Yeah. So if, you know, these guys gave me a call and, and I can interject some of my energy, like you say, into it, I'm going to I'm going to bring it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, try to do those songs some justice. And let me ask you this, because obviously when we all came up, there were so many bands and not that it was competitive, but it was competitive. Also, out of curiosity, like, oh, they got this band. Oh, we got our band. Do you remember when you first heard about them being around? Like, okay, they're official. Outburst is official. Like, there's another band on the scene, you know? It, it was immediately on my radar because we all hung out together in on the same block. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, we were in, in that park listening to music that we loved before they started p- toying around with playing in bands. So when they finally did, uh, I would be there. I'd be watching them rehearse. I'd be, you know, you know, just a fly on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes because I didn't actually uh, play an instrument yet. So they uh, they would jam in Joe's garage, and uh, there was another guy around the corner, Emilio. He had a basement and just jammed down there. So it was somewhere to go when it was cold out. And, and just you chill, you know, and I didn't have to like b- burn logs in a in a barrel like a fucking hobo, right? So uh, in a story apart. So those were that was really fun watching these guys like put songs together and and uh, put them together fast and really yeah. dope shit, you know, like like the, they they had their own style that like a lot of these uh, young kids um, are discovering that's that's what they like. Yeah, that's, that's what that's what that's what speaks out to them. So um, and that's what I liked when I was a kid. So like I was a, a, immediately a fan. And, uh, and you know, when they would take road trips, I, I'd go with them. I'd go with them to Connecticut. I go with them to D.C. Uh, I remember a D.C. show where uh, they played Safari Club. Classic. Club. And it, this is like maybe 87, 88, something like that. And and um we crashed at some dude's house in Virginia, like right out, like outside the, you know, the area. And this motherfucker had a, like a giant half pipe in his yard and, and Jay had a skateboard with him. And he was like fucking, you know, skating in this guy's half pipe. And we went to a, like a, a record shop there. And there was a used eye against eye CD in the bin. And I, and I bought it. I like, that's just something I just vividly remember and, and like taking it home and just playing it over and over again. And, and like, you know, you know, getting into the bad brains and, and you know, getting, you know, and being there from my friends just to load gear and, and do whatever. Cause it was all fun, you know? So, um, you know, they immediately came on my radar. Yeah, and, and, and let me ask you this. So speaking about JR, JR, now that we got Mike here, 
when you guys were trying to do one of the getting it back together, when you try, did you did you reach out to him? I did. I do. I, I was doing yoga with him. Uh, we do yoga at the at the same studio. Oh, okay, so you you were you were the the pipeline to him as far as uh, communication. I I think they reached out to him about doing it, and uh, I saw him at at the yoga studio, and I really tried to persuade him to do it. I was like, this is this is your shit, and you know it's yeah. you know it's legit if it's all like OG, and he's and he's just like. I'm not, you know, I'm not with it. And he gave me his blessing to, to, to play with them, you know? Oh. And, and I still see Jay all the time. Like I see him at the, see him at the skate park in, in, in Astoria park. Yeah. That's and, crazy. Uh, and, you know, I love Jay and he's a great guitar player. You know what I mean? And a great bass player. So um, uh, the fact that he was cool with it, just put my mind at ease. And then I just started practicing all the songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that, that, that's a story about uh, passing the torch because I know that he and um, he and Jay, John and Jay, had spoken about it. But um, you know, when I said someone is not into it anymore, but he wasn't like a hater or anything, and like like Mike said, we all hung out at the same shows growing up and everything. So, yeah. and I think Jay knew that John is a legit player. Yeah, so and probably like, also in connection, you know, probably, you know, also roots yeah. there. Also, I probably yep. felt like if anybody be him. So that's good. Yeah. yeah. I've jammed in other bands with Jay, you know, ju uh, ju okay. just doing uh, like non-hardcore related stuff where we're just like exploring like uh, other styles and, um, you know, always, always a good time with him. Let me ask you this, Joe. So um, it was never an official breakup, right? <laughs> Um, it depends how you call, what you call a breakup because it's sort of like like because obviously you stopped, but okay, did it like did it just become like all oh, that next weekend never came and then it became oh I guess we're we're broken up or was like yeah. uh, somebody wasn't feeling it already and then the shows became less and then it was like kind of yeah everybody decided to a little bit of a little bit of both of what you said there because um the last show we were supposed to play was going to be in the Anthrax I think where it was. I think it was Gorilla Biscuits, maybe no for an answer, up in in Connecticut. But Brian was, I think, working, and he had to get off to, to make the drive up there. But then he, you know, you know how you like, you know, you got to do something, and then like the, the closer it comes, it's like I don't feel like doing this, man. Yeah. And so it's like I got to fight my will to like, you know, <laughs> your word is your bond, or like I just fuck it, I don't want to do it, right? So. That kind of was the last show. We didn't want to play in that show, and then that was that was kind of it. So that's sort of like the you would have to fast forward to twenty. No, we had to fast forward to like nineteen ninety six when we tried to get together again. So there's no official like you know angry argument or like go yeah. fuck off. You know, it wasn't anything like that. Uh huh. Um, just kind of <clears> like uh, faded away a little bit. You know. Yeah. What was the last the, the 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 last official? Okay. We're gonna do more stuff. Obviously, it's with Dijon. But when was that? Like, where you would consider that made it up to right now? Like, what was this? This this last um um what do you call it? Uh, version of you guys of I don't want to say version of you guys, but like you said, you try you kind of did some shows and then you kind of faded back again, and now you did some a couple little other things or just the names. You guys are more out in you know, the stuff. You're more in the mix now. It seems like. So I, I don't know if you have stuff planned, but I feel like you guys are playing more shows. 
that's um and you know that's like i would say 2.0 right because it's you know jay gave dijon the blessing and he's with us now like we're we he is in the band and like, yeah you know he's, we played shows ever since that first um brooklyn bazaar show i was telling you about but um but thanks to him and his connections like you know and the internet and all these younger bands so many it's like a confluence of things that kind of helps your name get out there and stay out there with a with a new audience and yeah all those like the the power trip thing helped a lot, you know, like they, people who didn't even yeah. know what hardcore was, um, are listening to it, you know, and they went to the Canadian TV show and like did our song to, to that, to the whole television audience, like stuff like that helped. But, um, yeah, you know, there was big shows with, 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 um, terror, you know, we went to California with them and now what, did yeah, now with that, and with that, when that stuff came out, cause you mentioned Dijon, was that something that you, did you, Obviously, I know you jumped in. You jumped in helping out in that department. But did you do that specifically? Sp- specifically, meaning like, yo, you guys want to try to hook up some shows with so and so, and then you reached out to them, or uh, no? It's actually people just reaching out to us. Like we, we haven't been like actively soliciting for shows. Um, it's it's a really good feeling when you know a band that you know has a catalog from 30 years ago you got like young kids who are really in the mix and have their ear to the ground and know how to put a great bill together and when they ask us to play it's it's the best feeling in the world yeah so because i'm very active playing with multiple bands i'm the one that gets the call because yeah. I, you know, I, have, I have a good rapport yeah with, you, everybody with, yeah everybody with, yeah with, yeah, with, yeah with a lot of these kids so um They'll just reach out, be like, yo, what's up? You want to do this? You want to do that? And, and uh, if if it's in the cards and we can make it work, we'll, we'll gladly do it. Because as, as an older guy, uh, you got to be really – you got to take it from a vantage point that you're lucky to be playing in front of a young crowd. Absolutely. Because I tell like, people because people don't see that. Not everybody sees that. Some people don't see that. Some people feel like um, – um, uh, no, they should be looking at us. No, I'm grateful. Anybody gives a fuck. I was great. I was grateful back then that anybody gave a fuck because there was always the AFs and such great bands out there. I'm like, why would anybody give a fuck about us? Right. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, I mean, like, like when, when you, when, you know, you and I would like, we start our first bands together. So like yeah. when we would go to shows, what drew, what drew us in the energy, we yeah, were yeah. all young. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, bands that resonated to us, we just, you know, just whatever was in us, it just, just came out. So as, as you get older, the people that listened to you back then, they're getting older too. Yeah. So like, you know, you can't expect the energy level to be like that high. So when you get calls uh, from, from guys that want to hook you up with young energetic bands that are all plugging you, that are all like, you know, on board. Yeah, absolutely. You, uh, I think that's a blessing. So, like, I, you know, sure. Any way we can make that work, we we try. For sure, for sure. And and you know what's great, <clears throat> being what you said exactly, and it's a great thing that what Blackout and Bill is doing uh, as far as reissuing, bringing out all these reissue stuff. It's like it really is the perfect time to reissue stuff because number one, besides, I'm glad that vinyl. People are getting into the vinyl and the tape stuff because, again, we all love the the big. You can hold something. You can hang it up. You can you know, check it out. I can hand it to you. I can't pass you a, 
you know, I could email you a wave. I, I'd rather be like, yo, Dijon, check this out. Yo, you know, point to it and hand it to you and like, yo, lend it to me. I'll bring it back. And, you know, I love that, that whole thing about it. And I'm glad that people are, you know, uh, our scene, I'm still carried that, you know, the love for the tapes, the whole vinyl stuff. And one, I really believe these, these the stuff like this, specifically the blackout reissue stuff. You know, that shit helps again keep more flames and and under under this, you know, under under all the stuff happening on the all the classic bands, it brings attention. Cause there's a lot of new kids that are are crate hunting right now. They're back into hunting for the old stuff. There was a minute there that they didn't. You know, and the problem is that there's so much that, that it's hard to find certain stuff again. And it's so diluted through you could find it. But, oh, I'm going to get one of your songs on this streaming platform. I'm going to get it here. Now you could go back to an OG label and get the fucking, you know. Yeah, get it legit. Get it legit. Oh, and yeah. um, which is great. And I and and let me ask you, the, uh, how much did you have involved? Mike, both you guys, obviously somebody had a. <laughs> And on it, um, involvement with the reissue stuff. Did you guys um work on it much, or did you decide not to, or it was a thing? Because I know some bands on the reissue stuff sometimes they like kind of leave it up to the record company too. You know, like, hey, you guys, tell me your ideas, or were you guys involved with this whole thing? I, uh, for the seven inch for the Monster Go reissue that yeah. had like the demo on it and the and the yeah. comp tracks for where the wild things are, we just. Bill just proposed what he would put on it. And if we had any kind of like, you know, yeah, live recordings, you know, just, but as far as like the, the graphics, he, he already had that stuff. So very little, um, yeah. kind of two cents in there. But on the other outburst blackout thing was, which, which was the, uh, the hot shit attitude. Yeah. yeah which and, is uh, the, the, the record. Yeah. And, and, and I'm still mad at Mike a little bit. Playfully so, because he was supposed to get um, his band a cover of uh, "Man at the World" on there, but it just for some reason just didn't it didn't come to life. He had he played me demos of it too. I'm like that sounds dope, dude. But um, and how did know, that whole thing come about? How did you decide to do that? Again, that's like I would say it started with Power Trip, um, mm. covering our song, uh, the intro, and then um, you know I remember Riley saying to us like, you don't know how many other bands there are like around the now who who like either cite you as an influence or, or cover your shit. And so I started looking on YouTube and then actually Riley gave me a couple of bands to contact for the, for the compilation, like wild side and a misery out of both. Well, Wildside's has some Cal uh, Canada. Yeah. Misery is dope. Misery is from um, that's Jose from San Diego. Yeah. California. The they're dope. Those are recommendations that Riley gave to me to reach out. And, and I kind of like just introduced myself and they're like, Oh, we'd love to do it. You know? Um, Higher power from England and initiate from California. Some, for some reason, California bands like there's so yeah. many bands that, that just like to cover an opera song, which is great, you know. <laughs> but um, that's the thing that we had more input with because we could just like you know talk to the artists and 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 uh, you know get the rough mixes and talk to them about why they were covering this. That was kind of really cool. Um, but it wasn't the it wasn't the miles to go one. It was the hot shit attitude one. And, and and who who set that up when like who was doing all the the point man stuff? Was that you doing it? The John? Did you have anything to do with that? Nah, I actually uh, I that heard was it all. Like I I heard all the tracks before they were released, but but that's a that was about it. Yeah, 
everybody did a great job. Yeah, yeah. I've heard loose couple loose things. And and who, Joe, you you did you set that whole thing up? I mean, I did a lot of the networking. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But it was like like Mike said, like he was already like I think I think Dijon was in Europe with the Chromags playing with Chromags, but he's there hanging out with like giving yoga lessons to higher power. And yeah. higher power is on the on the comp. You know, we went to go see Power Trip together. Like we just kind of befriended these guys. And you know, you you know, it's kind of cool to have people like you know, I wouldn't say adulation, but it's like kind of like they respect you. Yeah, no, and for sure. Now they're meeting you. You know, they're influenced by you, and so that was kind of a cool thing as far as like artist relations. But any, you know, as far as the glad handing and getting the rough drafts, that was like me and Bill collecting the stuff. You know, and and and, and Bill did the graphics on that. Yeah, no, that's cool, and I, I I'm glad that they do it. And and again, I was telling Mike, I was telling him before, I was like. Outburst is lucky that one of the bands that they 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 were able that uh, to have a um a, a reincarnation because there's a lot of bands to pick from, you know what I mean? That you when was the last time you heard the people trying to like kill a you know underdog or super touch or maximum penalty? You know, there's a lot of great bands that were an outburst, you know and that that's in that fam, but. I have seen more bands cover your, your the layout design. Whoever laid that that seven inch out, if it was you guys or the record company, they 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 deserve something because I seen that shit mimic like I don't know how many times, and um and even again from the graffiti, there was always graffiti. Yeah, yeah that was people Bill specifically. And yeah, okay. oh, that BJ laid that out. Yeah, I tell you, I I got a. Uh... Shout out to BJ, who I wanted on this show, and she hides from me. Shout out to BJ. I got uh, in. We love you, BJ. Yeah, from what from what you're saying about like you know being one of very few that like younger kids fuck with, I gotta give like shout outs to just people that are reaching out to the masses to you know to spread what they love about hardcore music that mention us. You know, so like, you know, it's, it's, it's the power trips. It's the, uh, you know, uh, kids like Colin from Twitching Tongues, Bo from Hard's Way, they they have their own podcast and they, you know, they really push, you know, kids to go back in time and see where all this comes from. And uh, they're doing a great job with that. Uh, um, You know, uh, Ricky from Flat Spot who's just like doing a, a phenomenal job, you know, um, you know, signing bands and developing them and just really getting them out in front of a lot of people really yeah. fast. And then deciding to call us and be like, Hey, we're doing this like flat spot showcase. You know, do you guys want to play the pre-party? So we play the pre-party and then they throw us unannounced on the, yeah. on the actual festival. And then we're, you know, we're playing with that band speed. It was like their first, Yep. Show in, in, in New York. So we're relatively brand new to these young kids. So it's, it, it's pretty much a, a, it's a nice challenge to try to win these kids over, you know? Yeah. yeah. And shout, uh, shout out, shout out to Vitalo also. Vitalo too. Yeah, man. Vitalo. Like, you know, we, we, we owe these you. guys a lot. I mean, even, uh, uh, you know, Vogel, uh, everybody in Terra, they, you know, they really went out of their way to accommodate us, you know, and, yeah, and like, sure. try to like fulfill like a, a, a prophecy for us because we never we never went out of town. We never went off the East Coast. Yeah. And I know and you mean 
thing you know that like they wanted people. you guys to be to, to to be represented right of course they wanted to yeah. be like yeah we're gonna bring them out they gotta be represented right and uh, yeah. yeah for sure i know i totally I know, know those those are true friends man because yeah. it, it doesn't work that way most of the time oh, we always, know that there's, there's sure. always an angle you know what i mean like you know these guys are really good friends and just love having us around and and are, are fans of the band and, and real like, fans of the band yeah, yeah and feel like that you know we just needed to be seen outside of our, yeah. our zip code so they took us to europe with them and they you know uh they took us to the west coast with them and uh and i i hope we can return the favor one day you know what i mean because yeah. they, they just they just laced us and i can't say enough good things about them yeah that, that that's great and it's, it's good that you guys got to do a, a tour with them now, because one, they do very good in Europe, obviously, Absolutely. and it's great that to you guys to have that that um, that opportunity to go because you're gonna you're gonna, gonna have done other cool tours also. That's a good one to go with them, and especially being the type of band you are, and, and the people out there know the connection that because Vogel never hid that he wasn't a super fan of the band. You know, he lets <laughs> you know that he loved you know outbursts and all that stuff. So I bet the people out there, I know. It was a special thing for them to catch you guys and have Tara on the same bill. Like if anybody's going to appreciate in Europe, that's like that's just like molded, made like yeah, specifically. The, the, the feeling was mutual because, uh, you know, once we got like settled in and had a like couple shows under our belt, you know, we made it to to the UK and uh, man, they gave us some welcome over there. You know, it felt like a hometown show. Yeah, you know, because oh. and mainly it's it's those it's the higher power kids, you know, Alex and Jimmy and 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 Louis, uh, all like raising the flag for us and and uh, telling kids this is what you need to listen to. Yeah. So you know, we play our first show in London and like all the kids know the words already and it's it's it's, it's surreal <laughs> to to be honest. That's crazy. Yeah, I was gonna say, Joe, was that your first time in London? Um, at, at performing. I've been to London before, yeah. but um, but it was kind of cool to yeah, not with the band. And and what Mike's saying is right on. And then to add to that, I think we we only were able to stay with the tour for like a couple of shows. And our last show in Leeds, um, I think they knew, like Scott and and Chris, they knew that uh, we're leaving. So during our set, they were pitting for us, and it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Like this is freaking. Like vocals, like dancing in the freaking front. Oh, yeah. You know, they're all pitting for us. I'm like, that's amazing. You know, like they're really, really cool. Yeah. Once we got to know them, well, Mike knew them well, but I, I really, really, yeah. you know, just like those yeah. guys a lot. Yeah, that's family right there. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, it goes, we don't even have to say, if anything, we talk too much about them on it because we, <laughs> we, we love them. You know, that's family for sure, all of them. You know what I mean? That's the great thing about them. And I'm glad they're doing what they do, you know? And then um, I just got to add to one thing because we went to California with them uh, last year and there was our chance to kind of pay power trip back because we learned their, we learned their executioner's tax and we, we whipped it out in LA. Yeah, we didn't tell and anybody we were going to do it. <laughs> yeah. It was totally, you know, like surprise. And so this is the story. So we played it, we get off uh, stage and I, that's when I had time to like go on my phone and I, I texted Nick from, from Power Trip. I'm like, hey, man, I got something to tell you. He replies back immediately. He's like, no, Martin already told me. He's like, what the <laughs> fuck you guys are doing? Because <laughs> Martin was texting him as we were doing it during the show. Yeah, I'm like, it's funny. isn't that funny how it was like a little network of friends like just word gets around, yeah. you know? 
Yeah, you, no, no, you can't hide nothing out. Nothing's a surprise yeah. anymore. <laughs> I was I was texting with Blake, the the guitar player, the the next morning about it as well, and it was just like uh, just mutual like admiration, you know that uh, it was fucking awesome playing that. It's a great song. Yeah. And, uh, and shout out to Blake and Fugitive. I just said to hit, I was talking with him the other day because I want to get him on the show. So I want to get him. That's funny yeah. you brought that up. But um, great dude, it, great guitar player. Yeah, yeah. And it's great that they, you know, they definitely showed you love. And it's great that a band like them that was, you know, um, a kind of um, the one of the, the the new the new guns of the thrash metal metal core, whatever the title is nowadays, you know. Bumping outburst, which is totally not no thrash metal, you know, that, you know, which is great, you know, because it shows that, how, you know, one, I, man, respect to them for showing their roots, being a more metallic band to show a band like outburst, you know what I mean? And again, bringing people into that because that leads them down the rabbit hole. You get the outburst, the underdogs, the, you know, this so on and so me, on. That was like that, that. That felt like Slayer, like like busting the DRI cover on their on their covers record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know mean? it's a it, it's it's cool when when people cover you. It's a, like it's always flattering. I see little kids that covered songs about and 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 I, you know, I seen one of a school of rock kids and they were doing it. And I I felt like I almost started crying, like as a kid, you know. I think they did set it off and it's like literally a school oh. of rock kids and they're little and they like all look wild. It looks like school of rock from the movie and they're cutting. They do a great job. And I was like, wow. Like I remember when people would, you know, not even try to give us a chance because the way we looked or whatever. Nowadays, it don't matter. Like, you know what no, I mean? Like how it should be. It should be like, eh, that's how they look. They make music. That's them. You know, you don't got to live or do what they do. Right. You could like, the product they do exactly. you know, it doesn't mean you got to freaking walk in their skin. You know what I mean? We, we would look down on when we did our thing. Yeah. You know, when, when we were younger and like, you know, yeah. now there's, there's no rules now. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, you know, the exactly. parents aren't going to like unlove their kids because they, they're, they're listening to they look different. Yeah. You know what I'm exactly. saying? In our era, we got messed with. You got long hair. You got this. Uh, you know, the, you know, we had a, you had a, it was a superpower. You had to really love it because the look wasn't appreciated everywhere. <laughs> if it was long hair, skinhead, it didn't matter. There was some, there was more people hated it than liked it. But how you wore it, you wore it like, yeah. we wore it like a badge. Even if it was long hair, a denim jacket, if it was the way you wore your shorts, the cat, the way you cut your camera, whatever it was. We wore it like a uniform and we wore it proud. Like, you know, hey, they just don't. Like I said, I would tell people in Newtown, you motherfuckers just don't know. Like, you don't even deserve to know. If you want to ask me questions, then maybe I put you on. Ask ask Jojo about his freaky style when he when he was playing. What was what was that 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 shirt you wore on stage that everybody bugged out on? Like uh, oh Deb, Debbie, Debbie Gibson, man. You wore Debbie Gibson. Well, that, I, I think I might have seen pictures yeah. of that one. And that fuck with a lot of people. Like, listen, you were doing the turnstile thing before turnstile. That's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Shout out that's to turnstile out there. Boy, that's an interesting point. Right? But the, Tell me that ain't a, that's total. Take a Debbie Gibson layout, throw a turnstile, the color scheme, that's them. And I love turnstile. Shout out to turnstile. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You no know? image. Is I got right. Yeah. That your, your, your lack of image is your image, right? You yeah. Just flow with whatever. But 
I'm just going to go back to the Debbie Gibson thing for a second because uh, <laughs> we played um, during the COVID pandemic. We we played Walter's Van show. Oh, um, yep. New Direction. And um, so when Walter was promoting it before it aired, he posted that picture on the Instagram of me in that Debbie Gibson shirt at CBGB's and he tagged Debbie Gibson. And so he's like, look what I did. And then like the next day, Debbie Gibson liked it. (laughs) So I'm like, I made it, man. I totally made it. (laughs) You want to laugh? I think that's actually where I saw the picture on the Walter show. uh, And then that's what I think I saw. Cause I know I've seen it. So I was like, yeah. Electric youth tour 89. (laughs) And what now? What's the deal? The what's up with outburst now? Well, uh, there's always people like reaching out. Uh, so there's a, you know, there's always something in, in the works. Uh, and, you know, if we can make it happen schedule wise with the guys, we'll, we'll do it. Uh, we have um, disturbing the peace in Baltimore. I in, saw that in January. So like uh, we're playing one of the nights uh, that biohazard is headlining and we're, we're playing cl- like close to the top. So uh, shout outs to Che from flat spot for, you know, for reaching out and, and uh, wanting us like down in Baltimore. We have dope. never played Baltimore before to believe wow. it or not. Oh, dope. And uh, it's good. That's a banger Mick, of a show. Great so. show and perfect man. Mix for that. And I think you guys would do great on that shit. It's going to be the right mix. And I think um, even so- sonically, you know, you guys don't, you don't have to worry about, you know, sounding the same. You know what I mean? But it's the right crowd. They got the good crowd out there. Baltimore, Virginia. They got yeah, that fuck. They, you know, they know what time it is. Yeah. With that, all that, whole, that whole belt, like, you know, like Richmond. Yeah. Uh, they like know King what's up. Baltimore. Like, that it's like the wa- watering hole goes from Queens all the way down there. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, like, yeah. That's the bottom of the drain. And, <laughs> and let me ask you, but new music, maybe anything? What's the deal? I mean, Mike come and I were on, talking come about. On, come on, you know, look at this. Is what I say. I know what bands. I know how it goes. I know every angle, all this shit. But I'm gonna say some shit now and fuck that. I don't give a fuck. If you guys are playing shows, you motherfuckers better do new music, because it means you like it enough. You still got it in you, right? That you even make a show happen, which takes a lot because we have real lives. So, so even the thought of making that happen, that means that that shit is lives in you, and. We don't have a lot of time on this planet and we don't want to go out of this planet saying, I wish I could have done this and wish I could have done that. And we we out talk ourselves into shit that we want to do and we end up wasting time and shit that we don't give a fuck about. My point being is. From outside perspective, you guys are doing one offs, one offs. I'd like to hear at least another song, me personally, because. I think the uh, you know the fans would love it, and I think um, exercising that muscle for you guys to be dope, and I think it keeps that bracket of bands, you know, still able. You know, you know, you're doing other people a favor by you guys even still doing these shows. It gives because you'll see after you guys the other bands that haven't been playing now they're gonna be like Alpers did it. Oh, let's try to do that. It may not always be for the right reason. But there'll be some that were like, yo, we didn't think anybody cared, but we would love to play. And maybe we get to see some more classics come out. So me personally, I want to hear some new albums. That's me. So, personally. 
you, you're talk, you know, you see Dijon at the bottom of your screen. He's he can write riffs while he goes to the bathroom. Like yeah, it just come out of him naturally, like he's breathing. Um, but actually, we kicked the idea around during the pandemic because Brian lives in Richmond now. So as as far as like getting into studio, that's that's like physically it's not hard. But nowadays with the technology, you could just lay it down. Absolutely. You know, remember all those um, split screen videos during the pandemic of people oh, making yeah. songs from their living room? You know. Oh yeah. So a la carte. Yeah, Listen, right, you, exactly. You do shit a la carte now. And you never know. There might be a Casa de Rock Records one day, and you guys might get an offer. <laughs> Crazier things have happened in this planet, my friends. <laughs> but on the real, I I think it would be great and be cool. And I'm and also really glad again, there's a lot of re, uh, I'm also going back to that whole reissue stuff and again the rehashing because um I'm happy for our generation and I'm happy for the new generation coming up because the new generation is representing right. They're also willing to go back and look. So, but for them to be able to go look back, they also need the the, the guidance and they need our generation to not be like telling them what they're not doing right. Instead of saying what you, you don't like about what they're doing, you should say, hey, check out what I did. Instead of saying, talking shit on what the fuck they're doing. Because that's the problem with our generation is a generation of haters, unfortunately. Is the, the the generation of I should have had that? Why them? Why this? Why why well? Because you're talking too much shit and not doing nothing about it. Maybe that. How about that? Yeah, and also when and also where are you? Half these people that talk the most shit haven't showed their face in years. Yeah, Mike never, never left nowhere. You know why, Mike? Because Mike's highs, lows, and also that's why the ones that are here we're, hum- we're we appreciate. It. We're humbled. We're we're lucky because even we went through hate. Oh, you get to the point. I'm tired of this. I'm tired. And then you realize. No, it's like I hated. I used to say I hated my mother, the lady I loved the most on the planet. You know, you get that age. I hate my mom. No, you don't. You really love her. It's just you don't understand it. When you understand it, now you like you embrace it a different way. Yeah. I love hardcore more now than ever. Same. More I mean, like, for, Hoy art, I, for us, like, you know. Hoy and I were hanging out in Vegas for for punk rock bowling, and we were just we were just chilling. I mean, I was I was working for AF. You know, uh, you know, just doing logistics for them. But you know, when they f- bands finally started hitting the stage, we were just there enjoying ourselves because this is what we love to do. Yeah, you know, like you know, watching the casualties, like GBH, you yeah. know, uh, Rancid. What better place to yeah. be? You know, hanging out with my boy from Queens, like yeah. you know, watching exactly. like bands that we love kill it. You know what I mean? I know, and like in the best situation, you know, we want to drink, we're backstage. The bands that we used to sneak in to see, they're asking us what time you go on. You know, they're asking us, yo, where you know, it's crazy world. I still I know what it is. To me, I I still bug out when I have these guys, hey hoy, what's up? And I'm like, oh shit, that's fucking so and so. Like, why wouldn't I? I was a fan of this shit too. People think I ain't. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I'm lucky and I know we're lucky. That's why I also do this. You know, I was lucky that I I'm lucky that I have the friends that I have. I'm lucky I come from the scene that I have. And I and I like bragging about it, you know, because it's a, uh, you know, the heavy music scene always showed love to the, you know, punk and the hardcore scene. But I don't think they 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 should have they should have continued it more in the conversation. You know, they'll they'll throw in like, yeah, I like, yeah, the hard stuff, and then they let it go. People are like, uh, I I just came back from South America with with AF, and uh, 
they played this huge festival in Colombia. Rocket and Park. They had a lot of the bands like up in this one hotel, like in, in downtown Bogota. And it was mostly metal bands. And every single one, including the crew, would come up to AF's table, like in, in the lunchroom and, and say hi to Vinny and Roger. Yeah. I mean, and like want to take pics with them. It, like, you know, talk about like, yeah, you know, metal bands like like showing love, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Let me let me ask you this, Joe. Right now, the Philippines hits you up. They say, "Yo, we want Alberta here." They they already have. They, they did. I was that, gonna yeah, say because there's a lot of them. Shout out to all my Filipinos out there. They watch it. And I got they got mad love for us. That's one place I wish I got to play. I'll make it out there. But I could imagine they they you you guys they you know they see some hometown heroes. I mean, so the thing is, and you know, we're not kids anymore, right? So everyone's got their own jobs and lives and everything. So with the trips that we've been getting, the the tours and the mini tours and week weekends, we've it all had to break right. So it did, and we were yeah. able to go. So I would I would answer that the same way, you know. I mean, I'm just one of five guys, so if, yeah, if it can all work out, you know. <laughs> you tell me Philippines, I'm going. Yeah, that's it. All right, we got one. Yeah, you're funny thing is you got no choice. You're you're, you're flip. You're yeah. in. So okay, you're in. <laughs> you gotta represent. The fam is waiting for you. So we got yeah, three, yeah. we got three three guaylos, the three white guys left. Don't worry, they're going. <laughs> they're gonna hear Lechong. All right, one of them is gone, then we got another one. That's it. Great people, beautiful women, boom, done. I'm gonna go. Sign me up. Think? I'm in. <laughs> All right, cool. We'll, we'll we'll have you on standby because I don't even speak the language. Like you know, like uh, I was born and raised here, so it's kind of funny. But good thing that they speak English over there. There's an um, app we can I, get. Don't worry about it. We yeah yeah Google translate yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Google Translator. No, um, uh, no, but for sure. Um, um, so basically, if something lines up in the right place there's always a maybe for an outburst show yeah and 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 just because of what mike was saying earlier we we're all having fun with it it's just a yeah. matter of so the pain in the ass part is getting everyone to agree that they can do like availability is the pain in the ass but you know like once we're on the stage and you know even the rehearsals and stuff like it, we're having a blast still you know yeah. it's like the brothers you know how it is in a band like you, you know your brothers that you don't you get to see each other all the time no but when you're sure. there for that you know, period of time, you're, I'm still having a blast personally. I know yeah. Mike's having a good time. So yeah. I have no, a I, really, I have a really okay. good, like back and forth with Brian on stage that I really enjoy. He's got to be the, the punkest person I know. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, he still exudes that, you know, gotcha. on stage and, and in, in life too. Cause you know, we get, we go, we go back and forth, you know, you know, just debating about, about shit, but uh, I really uh, Brian, especially like you know, because he's like he's the real deal as far yeah. as like being being a, like a genuine frontman in in this type of music. So and 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 all, and all the guys, you know, what I mean, like uh, you know, I've been in a lot of chaotic bands. You know, what I mean, like this this is something when we're we're well rehearsed. We just go out and 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 enjoy the ride, you know. Good. Yeah, no, no, I can see. And yeah. and Dejan, let everybody out there. First of all, I'm glad you were able to jump on. It's always good to see you. Oh, of and when I found out you were going to jump on this, I was good because 
you know, you actually had a piece of this, but you are a piece of this puzzle, which is, you know, uh, and to a breakdown puzzle that we'll do on another one on another time. But, oh, uh, <laughs> but let everybody know what, what's up with you, Mike. Anything uh, to, to, to keep up to date, everybody listening what, and what's going on with Mike DeJean right now? Yeah, well, uh, I've got uh, got a Crown of Thorns show this Saturday at Dingbats in Clifton with uh, Train of Thought. And we have like a little like, you know, holiday jam run, uh, three shows. Uh, uh, we're playing uh, Amityville Music Hall uh, down in Belmar, New Jersey. And we're doing um, the Syracuse New Year's Day uh, fest with Killing, uh, with Killing Time. I saw that. I saw that. Don't think I didn't think about man. Plane tickets might be real, real cheap. New Year's Day, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. You never know. That uh, Joe, what's up with you? I know. you from what it seems, the main music thing is when you are doing music. Is this what else is in? What is what else is in your future? In anything in life? Oh, well, you know, the holidays are coming up. So I got a uh, kid in college who's going to oh. be coming home for the holiday. It'd be nice to have him around because um, we kind of have to get used to him being out of the house because he's a freshman. But I'm looking forward to that. And, um, you know, just spending time with the family. Um, Good. But I'm going to interject for a second because when I have the three, the two of you guys on, I, there's an old story that Mike used to tell me. And I think it had to do with Madball tours or something like when you're hanging around during Madball shows. But he was telling, maybe you can confirm or or remember, but he would tell me that he would bust him and Matt Henderson would go back and forth on like Randy Rose versus Eddie Van Halen for like hours. Oh, yeah. oh, were, you, yeah. were, were you ever privy to that? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's right. I learned more about white people hanging out with him and Matty Henderson. I learned about everything. Um, Cocker, Crockren, Van Halen, all these guys. Oh, yeah, they were arguing because Maddie is a, a Eddie Van Halen guy. So, uh, I, we have so many stories from those tours. It's it's ridiculous. Like some of my best, most classic moments. Mike Dijon was right next to me. Like most rock star fantasy moments. I, I I I love it that I say I had a witness. You know, I had a Beatles moment, and Mike yeah. Dijon was the guy. He was fighting the crowd so we could run by. He's like run, and I'm like people were just trying to like claw. At, it was out of a movie, but I was glad that our friends because. We were like, what the hell happened? And I was glad our friends were there because they were like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, it didn't happen again, but it was good that it happened and you were there. So I, I just I bring crazy, up the ra- I bring up the Randy versus anything because when he told me that story, I'm like, that's sort of like how me and and George, our other guitarist, we've had this kind of Randy versus anything since we were like 14 years old. Everybody, <laughs> and it's just like a never-ending debate. But it's like, why can't both things be true that they're great? You know, like it just never—it's always like back and forth. This song and that. You know song, how you know? that is. Like it's like Yankees and Mets and Nets and Jets. But yeah. I mean, all we whatever, whatever. All we know is that Queens was in the motherfucking building today. Listen, I'm glad. <laughs> listen, I like, give it up to Queens, to the Borough Queens, the. Yeah, Roger, we understand, Vinny. Yeah, we know Lower East Side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that Queens, <laughs> motherfuckers. Absolutely. Be glad we we had houses. Before we leave, I want to say one thing. You know what's a big credit? Why Queens has a big thing to do with it? We had garages. That's why we were able to produce good musicians because we had the space to do these things. 
So yeah, shout absolutely. out to Garages, shout yeah. out to Queens, New York, shout, shout out to Blackout Records for making it, making a lot of shit happen. Shout out to Alper, shout out to Astoria, shout out to Mike Dijon. Listen, everybody, go out. Is it before any merch? Are they able to get any Alper's merch? Is anything available? Yeah, uh, coldcutsmerch.com. You can get the, the the classic designs and some new ones. And um, I think Bill might put out a Taggart one that was a limited edition a couple of years ago. So keep be on the lookout for, you know, Bill. Definitely uh, look out for the reissues. Everything is really dope. Blackout Records, Outburst, Smoking Word TV, Mike Dijon. You already know what's up, babe. I love you guys. I love you, Listen, man. I love you, represent everybody. Thank you for tapping in. Keep subscribing. You know the deal. The Heavy Collective, the Hard Corner, the Smoking Word Podcast, Smoking Word Networks. We uh, we out here. Listen, one love. I'll hit you guys up when this shit drops, all right? We out of here. Gator food. Peace. <laughs>